I get those goosebumps every time You come around, yeah You lose my mind, you make everything so fine Worry about those comments I'm way too numb, yeah It's way too dumb, yeah I get those goosebumps every time I need the Heimlich Throw that to the side, yo I get those goosebumps every time, yeah When you're not around me Throw that to the side, yo I get those goosebumps every time, yeah 713 Through the 21, yeah, I'm riding Why they on me? Why they on me? I'm flying Sipping low-key I'm sipping low-key and honest I get those goosebumps every time You come around, yeah You ease my mind You make everything go fine Worry about those times I'm way too numb, yeah It's way too dumb, yeah I get those goosebumps every time I need the hype Throw that to the side, yeah. I get those goosebumps every time, yeah When you're not around me Throw that to the side, yeah. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Lady Mag NUFC uh, and a little bit of the old goose, Goosebumps there, the old version of Goosebumps, jeez, um, that was a, a trip down memory lane, that's, a, that's for sure, but uh, look, we're back, we're back Sunday evening, talk a little bit of transfers, um, welcome everyone um, that piling in right now, um, boys, how are we after, we, let me just check yeah, yeah, still three points in the pocket. Yeah, how are we? Uh, how are we feeling after uh, the big win against Fulham? That has come to you first, fella. Oh, coming to coming to me. Yeah, we we spent an hour and a half talking about it last night. Yeah, so I, I'm still still good, still good, Pete. Uh, Twenty four hours on or so. Um, yeah, today it's just myself and the little boy. My wife is at work. Um, playing a bit of uh, FIFA Ultimate Team. So we're we're we're, we're, we're experts. We're, we're near. We're, we're in the pros now at this stage at, at the game. But uh, yeah, no, good good day today, and uh, looking forward to this talking a bit of transfers. But Chris, how are you? How was your night out? Mate, it was brilliant. And you know what? The lads did not let me down because I'm sat in my mate's living room and I was thinking, oh, God, please don't, you know, don't don't lose this game because they're just going to... I was got it from all angles, you know. They were all there baiting and praying and, you know, picking off on everywhere, as I said. And, like, at one point, uh, Anthony Gordon controlled the ball and it bounced a little bit and then he got his shot off, but it was it at the bar. And I was going, feet, feet. And they were going, yeah, they've all got feet. All the footballers have got feet, Chris. What are you talking about? And I was like, oh, shut up. Because they knew the goal was coming. They knew the goal was coming. And the relief, the relief when that first goal went in was just amazing. And then obviously Dan Byrne then scored. And it, and then Louis Miley, you know, said, I've been telling you about this boy. I've been telling you about this boy. But yeah, so they, they all switched off at that point. And then it was all then about Everton. And I, I must admit, I thought, so Burnley could get something here. And fair play to Everton, you know, they, they did the job as well. They got the job done. So we were all very happy come the end of the fussy. And then we all started playing a bit of poker. And the drinks were flowing and it all got a bit mad. But nah, great, great, uh, great performance yesterday. Great night. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, been looking forward to coming on here and talking a bit of transfers because I think we need to start thinking about those transfers. We do. Mm. We do. 
Sure do, and we will. And and there's there's and, and we're not we won't go into this now. But there's already a, a good question, Chris, because P- Peter and myself went off on a bit of a tangent last night. And not not sure you caught up yet, but we want to give our backstory uh, of mm. how we became Newcastle fans. So you'll have to go give yours now as well. As uh, so we'll, we'll mark that question there from from Leon to, to come to that later on. Definitely, definitely. That's a bit boring, isn't it? Really. <laughs> yeah. But it anyway, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. I'm quite happy to go off on a little bit of a tangent again today. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, becoming a, it's becoming a bit of a norm for us. But um, look, everyone in the chat, welcome. Uh, housekeeping, of course. If you haven't already, make sure you hit the likes. And if you're new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thank you for watching. Um, as we hit the button, um, bang on the money. Uh, and yeah, uh, keep following all things Loaded Mag NFC as we bring the content to you. And we'll continue to do it certainly throughout the month of January, and we are going to be extremely busy. So, massive thanks to you for that. Now, I have to say, um, I'm going to start with this because otherwise, Phil on on Twitter will kill me. Okay, because he keeps reminding me all the time. Uh, keep saying we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it, and we don't. But um, massive shout out to NFC women wow. today. Eleven three, massive. Okay, the AFC blind. Um, and that now leaves them second in the table, um, Ooh. just below the Liverpool feds. Um, if I'm right, I think three points behind. Um, Martin Well up that league. So yeah, wow. big up to NFC yeah. women, NFC women. Um, brilliant stuff. Keep keep smashing it up. Um, Is it the, only the top team that gets promoted? Yes. Uh, if, uh, um, I looked at the league and it's got that cut off there for the top team. It was a... It was a little bit like last season when they got yeah. promoted. They it was only one team and they're fighting it out. I think it might be was it Burnley. I can't remember which team they're fighting it out with, but um, obviously, and you have to see women nicked it and, and got promoted. It looks like they're well on the way to potentially doing the same again this season. A great start. So I had to get that out there, um, Phil. I hope you're happy with that. We will do some reminders later on in the season and as we move on. Um, look, first and foremost. Um, this season, uh, or this January window, has had a lot of question marks, boys. A lot of people have been saying, you know, you know we need to sign players, we need to bring in new, new fresh like impetus in the team. Certain positions have been called out, but then there's been sections of the fan base that have been calling out FFP. Can we spend? Are we able to spend now? Just to start this off in this kind of discussion, um, Mark Douglas the other day put out a really good piece. Um, for the eye paper, and one of the things that he touched on was, is there money to be spent? Now, not only is he talking about Calvin Phillips, who we'll come to later on in the show, um, he's said that there's three positions highlighted potentially, um, and football finance experts said, with regards to FFP, there is wiggle room for Newcastle United, and they've put a little quote on there, 30 million spend wouldn't touch the side so therefore you know that kind of question um is kind of been squashed really from from mark douglas uh in his piece so if you haven't read that give that a read because it is a is a good read and um that kind of opens it up really because newcastle united in our opinions am, am i kind of am i doing a show here we all agreed that we that we need to invest yeah absolutely mate absolutely showing it up um now um with that in mind, the key to this show tonight is is 
where do we, in your opinion, need to need to sign? So if we highlight what Mark Douglas has said and go with three positions or three signings that we're looking to, to, to make, where, in your opinions, and I'll come to you, Chris, with this to start with, where, in, in your opinion, do we need to target? So if I'm giving you three positions that Newcastle United can sign in, what three positions are you going for and yeah. why? Um, I've got four in my head, so mm. I'm I'm going to partially cheat here. Um, and also, I'm thinking of what of what Eddie Howe, you know, what he what he said he wants, and certainly what he looks like he wants as well. So I'm going to merge two of the positions, and you'll probably see why. Um, so I'll start first of all, and I'll say that I think we need a goalkeeper. Um, I've been banging this drum now for a, a few weeks, even when Pope was fit. In the you know, yes, I thought it'd be the summer, but now with Pope being out till April. I think that gets fast forwarded because you know we've got Martin Dubravka in there, who back in the day has been a good servant, um, a good, 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 reliable goalkeeper. But I do think we need to upgrade. But I also believe that we need to upgrade Nick Pope anyway. And I think now, if he's out for the next five months, now. Oh, this is hangover kicking in. Yeah, it definitely is. He was so. So intrigued in the conversation, he's just stopped. <laughs> he's shocked. He's, he's read something. Himself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But look, uh, he was in mid-flow, so we'll um, we'll kind of we'll cap it there. Uh, and Daz, we'll, we'll come to you. Um, Chris has said he had four positions oh. in his mind. He's, oh, back. He back? he's back. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. That's my internet playing off. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Well, I don't know what what you've heard, but I basically said the number one, and the reason being is I think that. I think that we need to look to upgrade on Nick Pope. And now that Nick Pope's out till April, I think now is the perfect time uh, to bed in a new keeper for the following season, thinking ahead. So that would be my first position. My second position would be a... Um, I'm saying that. I've got five positions now. <laughs> right, my second position my second position as a, as a priority would be a striker come right winger. And they're the two that I was going to merge. I think we need a right-sided winger who can either replace Miggy Almiron or certainly challenge him uh, because with Jacob Murphy out for a, a period of time and then, you know, not being reliable in terms of his fitness. Um, I think, I think we do need a, a right wing, another right wing option. And if he, if the right winger can play up front as well, ideal. And that's probably what Eddie will look for. He's probably wanting a player who can play across a few positions across the front three. So a, a striker come right winger, I would say, bit like, bit in the Isaac mould where Isaac is a striker, but he can also play left wing. We need one of those for the right wing. So that, that would be, that would be the other one. Um, now my last position, I still feel. I still feel that we're lacking a little bit in central midfield. So it's whether or not I pick a central midfielder or a centre-back. So I'm still going to say, I'm still going to say, I think, thinking of January, I'm still going to say, I think we need the central midfielder. Um, I know people will say we've got loads of central midfielders, and I understand that. But I still think we need that specialist number six role or a, a person who's different to the players that we've got at the minute. Because at the moment, we have a, a selection of midfielders who are all quite similar, in my opinion. The only one who is different, I would say, is probably Joe Willock, in that Joe Willock's role is very box-to-box. Um, you could you could argue Sean Longstaff is a little bit like that, but I think Joe Willock's more attacking than Sean Longstaff. But in Bruno and Joe Linton and Miley, 
and Anderson even. I think they're quite similar. I'd like someone with a little bit more attack and threat. Um, look at Dominic Zaboslai at Liverpool, that kind of player where, you know, they are box to box, but when they're going forward, they're very, very threatening. And I don't think we have that central midfielder who is very threatening going forward. And I think if we had that in the team, or even someone who could allow Bruno to do that role and he doesn't have to concentrate on his defensive um, side of the game as much. Because at the moment, Bruno, he's playing in the six and he knows that he can't kind of, you know, showcase himself or let himself go, so to speak, going forward because he knows he's got his defensive responsibilities. And I do think that affects the team quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, they would be my three. A striker come winger, a number one, and a number six slash number eight who can bomb forward and really cause a threat going forward as well. They would be my three. Okay. Um, that's... Yeah, I, I won't go into as much detail as Chris because I kind of said it a few times before. And I'm crossing over... No, seriously, I'm crossing over what, what you were saying, Chris. So, um, first up, it's goalkeeper hands. Mickey Mouse hands behind me uh, there and behind us all. The gloves out. We need a goalkeeper. Uh, that's, that's my first signing. Second signing would be a goalkeeper. Third signing would be a goalkeeper. We need a goalkeeper, full stop. <laughs> uh, and that, that's the, that's where you start from. After that, I'd like a striker. Uh, a striker, like Chris said, that can play out the, the wing as well so we can we can mix a match and, and get game time. Now, they're, they're the two players I'd, I'd be looking to, to spend our cash on because we're not going to have an awful lot of cash. Strikers are always expensive. A, a, a number one goalie that to take us for, for the next however many years is going to be expensive as well. That's that's but spread out over a number of years of the contract, we might be able to do something there. So there's a, there's the two. Then after that, uh yeah, I like the thoughts of um, a number six on loan kind of thing. Because we saw what, what Bruno can do yesterday when he had a bit of space, a bit of freedom, and, and push it up the pitch a bit. Um um so someone to unleash him there a bit would be would be good uh and i think more so this summer then we'll we'll, we'll i think we'll, we'll stick with their where center backs what we have now and we know that we, we've got a preferred option is botman and char but uh dan burn can move in there um even even uh craft coup uh who, who had a great game yesterday c- could move in there if called upon as well but uh, so yeah, uh, that that's my my main uh, my main target is a goalkeeper and a striker because that's uh, I don't want to get greedy. But after that, it's loans, so that's where I'll go for. Yeah, okay. right. interesting. Um, what about you, Pete? Yeah, goalkeeper for sure, number six for sure, and then for me, yeah, I, I yeah, I'd probably say right winger stroke striker so you can you can kind of leave that however you want it sort of whichever one they could get in ideally like you boys said both um so i think we're, we're kind of aligned there on on the on the, the the players that we want to kind of get in um now just looking at just looking at this this is ultimately what we've got available based on those positions Okay, so we kind of set it out on the tactics board, and, and I've kind of put the players in the positions where they're predominantly played this season. So mm. you know, some of them are not played at all. But uh, we've got obviously our goalkeeper situation, uh, we've got our right winger situation, um, striker situation, and then on midfield. But obviously, in terms of the number six playing in that position. Although we've said that Miley can play there, he's actually played most of his football, if not all of it, as a number eight. Um, mm. certainly competitive wise so that's why I've put him there and you can see straight the way that this is why 
that that number six is important because really only Bruno can play that particular role. But if you're looking for an absolute defensive midfielder, you probably take Bruno out of that as well and put him here. And we don't actually have it. And I think that's why it's more important, really important. Now, a few people have mentioned boys. Um, you know, Eddie Howe doesn't play with that traditional defensive midfielder number six. But in your opinion, is that something that we need in this team? Do you think do you think that we that we need to get that number six, or do we just need to get another central midfielder in? Well, a few people have already said in the chat, and it's been said over the last number of games, are away form. If we had a, 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 a defensive-minded uh, midfielder or more defensive-minded midfielder that could track back or stay back, I always, I always call that role, number six role the David Valley role. Someone that's just going to sit there and mop everything up, especially uh, when we're playing away, uh, would take the, take the pressure off our defence and whoever might be in standing the goal that day. Um, so, 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 yeah. I think I can't remember your question, but that was my, that's my answer in there, Pete. The question was: Is that do we need that defensive midfielder, that number six that we don't traditionally play with under Eddie Howe? You know, you know, do do we need? Do you think, in your opinion, we need that? And I think from what you've said, you know, like you, you called it the David Batty role, you, you think we do? Are you the same mindset, Chris? Do you know what I've just thought to say? I think I think Daz has hit the nail on the head there because for me. It, it, it's not even necessarily an out-and-out out number six. It's more a defensive-minded midfielder. So somebody who naturally is more defensive. Um, so I, I agree with what Daz has said. Because if Eddie Al doesn't play with his additional number six, someone who will just sit there and not venture forwards, I get that. But even if it's a player who... I mean, look at look at Casemiro with Man United. He, look how many goals he scores. He gets forwards. But predominantly, he is a defensive midfielder. That's his job. But he does it so well. And yet, those kind of players, they cost money. They're not cheap. But we have a lot of attack-minded midfielders. And you putting it up there like that, Pete, clearly highlights that. And I suppose, a question back to you both, a dead quick one. Do you think if we were to bring in that specialist defensive midfielder or defence-minded midfielder, do you think that we would have to sacrifice one of those? Because for me, I think we probably would. But I suppose, which which one of the of the seven would you be sacrificing? Yeah, we touched on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we touched on it before. I mean, what I will say is that we take this man out of the situation because we don't yeah, know. he's not there, is he? So yeah. for the benefit of this season, for the second half of the season, he's, he's really a non-factor. Um, and you can argue that Joe Willock is probably that as well because he hasn't really kicked the ball for us uh, this season. But um, if I'm honest with you, if you, if you look at that, you probably don't have to sacrifice anybody, in my opinion. I don't think we do. I just, I just think that we are going to need to maybe move the team around slightly to incorporate a number six into this team. Um, so we're looking at that situation. Is that you know if you and and look, we've talked about it for weeks. I mentioned it after the Spurs game. Daz has mentioned it tonight. It's, it's clearly something that we're all thinking about away from home. We need person that player to sit in this position and just block up play stop people running in because we're seeing bruno pushing up here and he's getting exposed in and around this area here um mm. and that's where you go back and watch that Tottenham game the amount of counter-attacks where they were pushing either winning the ball little one-twos in this little area here 
and then running into this space and they were just completely like not free nobody from running from these areas in uh, uh, from the wings inside they were just completely just destroying us and we had nothing in there but we need someone that's going to sit in that spot there and just break up play and stop people from playing and and i, I do think w we need that and maybe that moves bruno out to here um you know as an alternative so he's able to get forward more um at home bruno will play here the defensive midfield is off maybe the defensive midfielder comes on for bruno and gives him a little bit of a rest he's played a hell of a lot of football this season you know and then shores up shop for us and sees out the game for us are we able to play that but um Pete, do you yeah, think definitely. it's do you think it's significant at all that when you look at the right hand side of that midfield, so you've got Longstaff, uh, Tonali, and Miley, and then you look at the left hand side of that midfield, which is Joe Linton, Anderson, Willis. Do you think there's any significance at all that uh, the, all of those three left sided midfielders they've all played at some point in the left wing position, but none of the right side of those midfield players have ever played on the right wing? Um. It's an interesting one. Um, I would say because of the fact that they are they are runners, um, that helps. So they've got a lot of pace to burn. Joe Linton's fast, Ellie Anderson's fast, and and let's be honest, that is Ellie Anderson's natural position here, yeah, yeah. on the left hand side. Um, so and Joe Willock has got a lot of pace to run into this area. They like to run at players. Um, these two, I would say, are slightly different. These are runners in terms of they cover every blade of grass, but they're not they're not players that have attributes that can play in a wing on a wing. Mm. Whereas Joe Linton can. We saw Joe Linton late on in the game against AC Milan, <clears throat> sitting out wide here, getting the ball played to him, and he was just driving into this area. He did it against Tottenham and driving into this space here, which got him his goal. Like, he is really good at doing that. Joe Willock, we look at the goal where Bruno scores the winner at Leicester. He yeah. literally runs from this position, uses his pace, he leaves um, Tillemans for dead, and comes in, gets the ball into the box, and Bruno scores. So they've got that in their locker. That's their attribute. These are not natural, natural like, runners. They're not, they're not pacey. Like, they've got enough pace to get around midfield, but they're not... They're not quick, lightning quick, like no. some of these boys are. And I think that may be the reason where it's easy to transition into it. And, and let's not forget, Joe Linton for Hoffenheim played in this position in the front, uh, uh, you know, in a front three. That's what he should have been signed for, not as a striker. Joe Willock has played there on occasion for Liverpool, uh, Arsenal, sorry, when he was at Arsenal before, um, but is a central midfielder, but he's got the attributes to do it. So that's, in my opinion, that's why. Um, there's a sorry, Pete. There's a good point here for, from from Bobby, and I suppose we're comparing the left side to the right side. But uh, he says, says uh, there's no trippy on on the left. Uh, we've been playing burn there, so there's an awful lot less overlapping. But he also says then uh, our right sided midfielder players there, uh, so that they they're used more for balance, so they can uh, cover. I suppose when trips has gone gone. Uh, Awol up the up the pitch trying to trying to connect with Miggy and uh, overlap and then someone has to Absolutely. cover. So so trips here is normally in and around this position, and what you tend to find is Bruno in there. So we talked about the triangles before. There's your triangle set here, here, here. Um, but if the ball breaks, what you tend to find is 
the triple is getting back in. Shaw will come over, and one of these two, whoever's playing, comes over to protect the space. That's what they're really good at. And they protect that space really, really well. On the other side, it's slightly different because Bruno tends to go across to block that if Joe Linton, Gordon, whoever is not getting back. But nine times out of ten, if Joe Linton's there, he will be there to protect that space. Um, and that's what that's what they're good at. They're, they're good at doing that. And and this is what Lewis Miley's come in and literally played that long staff role. And he's played to perfection because he's got the attributes to do it. Um, so, no, it's an absolute... Uh, spot on point and 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 I agree um, and that's why most of the play goes down the right hand side for Newcastle we play mm. that way but look there are positions anyway they're, they're the ones we just want I just wanted to touch on because they're the, they're the positions that we've kind of emphasised um, that we need to look at so we need to look at those positions who in your opinion or should not will but should Come in first as our first signing if we sign it in January. I'm opening it up. Go on. Goalie. Goalie has to come in first for, for me. Uh it's we, we know Pope's out gonna be out for is it I don't know the exact date, but March, April. Yeah, back. And yeah, and, and like coming back as well, something like that, you could you could get a reoccurrence and could could he could be gone for the season. And it's a position that if Pope hadn't got injured in the summer, I would have liked us to, to look at anyway, because I think we need a complete overhaul of our of the goalkeepers on, on the books. Uh, and the, but they can't all be done in one one swoop either. Um so for me, uh the, the keeper has to be the one. It's the most urgent of all the positions for me. Are you the same, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with Daz. The only the only one I suppose which for me is close to it would be the right winger slash striker that would be they're the two positions that really stand out for me at this present moment the number six and the right-sided centre-back are two that I think over time I would like to replace like at the moment Fabian Charles doing fine I think Bruno Gomeres you know is a fantastic player and he's doing the job if we lose either Fabian Char or Bruno Gomeres then you start to see we're a little bit weaker I know Jamal Lascelles has been playing there because we've lost Botman but when Botman's back Fabian Shaw will be playing right centre back, and all of a sudden you're like, actually, this is okay. Exactly the same when you know uh, Miggy Almiron's fit and firing and banging goals in from everywhere, and we've got Isaac or Wilson up front. You're like, oh, this is fine. But when you lose one or both of those players, you go, right, what have we got to come in? And then that's when you start laughing. You do know Batman's back, Chris, and Shar's gone now. No, no, I do, I do. <laughs> but, I mean, for these last few weeks, we've not had them. Um, yeah. great to see Botman back by the way fantastic scene coming up coming off the bench you know really really good news but again you don't you're always just one player away aren't you from break yeah. like for example you know we've got on the left we've got um we've got Anthony Gordon we've got Joe Linton we've got Harvey Barnes we've got Willich we've got Anderson we've got loads of players on that right hand side as soon as you lose Miggy Armadon you go Jacob Murphy who's also out and then you're like Ooh, who else can we play there and that's the problem you can't have you can't just have Miggy Almond on all the time. And 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 boys, we've spoke, haven't we, saying, you know, long term is Miggy Almond on the, the solution, really. So that's why I think it's got to be up there. And we've obviously we've spoke, we've already touched on Pope, haven't we, in the number one position. Okay. So look, we we we, we touched on the goalkeeper. So we'll we'll have we'll have a look at that one first, because I think you know, with regards to that, it is a, it's and just just as as you do, Pete, because uh, and I, I don't Think this is correct what Andy said here, but 
we can't bring in a keeper unless we get permission from the Premier League. We have four keepers in our squad, which is the maximum you're allowed. And when you bring in transfers in January, you can remove people from your 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 squad or uh, and make some match. But I don't think it's a rule on, on the amount of keepers you can have in your squad. You can have um, not that I'm think, aware of. I think you have to have a minimum of three. Uh, I think you have to have a minimum of three. But I, I I didn't. I'm not aware that there was a a maximum you could have in your squad. Um, that, that would be strange, really. I mean, you should be able mm. to have as many goalkeepers as you want. But but like like we said, I think I think it's easily fixed. I think mm. maybe a Carrius or a Gillespie gets sacrificed for a new goalkeeper coming in as yeah. one of those changes. So I think it's easily done. Um, at the end of the January transfer, <coughs> sorry, transfer window, you have to submit your new squad anyway. So I think we, we'd have time to get that sorted. But look, the, the, the two that have really been talked about and I want to get your opinions on 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 this actually is because it's been he, he's been heavily linked for a while we've talked about him before um um Mamadash really from Valencia uh we we had the discussion before and there was talks that he has been he has been scouted and the potential to to get that deal done in January he's playing at Valencia Valencia sort of like mid-table-ish um not having the best of seasons where they're fighting for a title Champions League break. So I think at that point, I think we're in, we're in a position where we could probably get in. But the interesting one is around this man, um, Aaron Ramsdale. And it's been, he's been talked about more uh, recently. I, I'd mentioned to you boys, I think, um, that Potts and, and Sam uh, from 12th Man, they... They keep talking him up as in he'd be a really good option for Newcastle. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this. So, like, if you had the option of potentially making one or two, one of those um, deals or getting one of those deals done, who were you going for and why? We're, we're putting it out there that we can get those, those deals done. Mama, definitely, I don't think will be a huge expensive transfer. With... Ramsdale, you've got the option potentially of a loan um, with an obligation to buy potentially um, to get that deal done. Or you, I think we've got the money to pay that up front. Who, who are you going for and why? So, Daz, I'll start with you from a goalkeeper perspective. Cool. Um, yeah, hopefully my intro picks up a bit. Yeah, for either option, Pete, really, uh, for me. Um, I like Mam um, Mohamed Ashfili kind of learning his name now as well so that's that's always a sign that it's getting serious uh but i think i have to call him call him something else because i'll never be able to manage that every every week um but yeah he, he looks good in the, the the video clips i i saw we know what ramsdale can do um i really rate ramsdale i'm surprised that that, that arsenal uh dropped dropped him and, and brought in uh, the other keeper um and so, but then I suppose there's this, this yeah, other people talk about uh, his father likes to talk as well and get involved in all the all the the dealings. But uh, he's a good keeper, uh, and I rate him. Uh, but is, is he? He's he's only marginally better, maybe, or on the same on the level with with, with Par with the uh, Pope. Whereas uh, I think uh, Muhammad Ash really uh, is he's twenty. 22 or 23 he, so he's got a 
he's got a long career ahead of him and get him get him in get him get him settled get him uh up and running and uh he'll be number one coming in and when pope comes back he's it's up to pope to battle battle him out to try and get back in again and uh see how that goes but um so that's where i'd go for uh the 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 Muhammad Vashvili from uh, valencia but I'd be happy with with uh, Ramsdale unknown uh, alone could be that because that that gives us uh, the try and buy option. Yeah, definitely. Chris, who are you going for? Um, me personally, given the choice, I'd go for Mamad Ashley um, because I think he's probably a player for the future. And I think, I mean, look at just look at what Fakari was done at Spurs. He's he's come in. Bit a bit bit unknown, you know. He wasn't. He didn't have hundreds of suitors. Live um, Tottenham went in, got him, and he, he's made a really strong start to his Spurs career, and he's one for the future. And th that's kind of where I feel that we're at now with our number one position. I feel like we need to upgrade. We need to take a punt on someone, someone who's got you know the credentials. Valencia poss possibly ideal, as you said, Pete. You know, mid table probably could do with the money. Probably get him in a reasonable fee, you know, rather than going out for like an Anana and paying like fifty plus million. You're going in and buying potential. Um, and then you give it, you're giving him six months and going right. You're you, you're you know you you've got the the gloves now until at least April when Nick Pope comes back. Hopefully he keeps hold of them and then he gets a full preseason with us and then he starts as the new number one next season. That's what I would do. However, you know whether or not the coaching staff see it that way. Is he available in January? Who knows? Is there another player out there who they prefer who's not available till the summer? And in which case, I would then probably go and get Alan Ramsdale because him on loan would do a job. Um, do I see him as the future Newcastle number one for the next three, four, five years? Probably not, because Daz made a good point. I don't think he's a massive upgrade on Pope. There's elements of his game that I prefer to Pope's, but I don't look at him and think, oh, he's our he's our first trophy winning goalkeeper. I just right, I just don't yeah. see it. I just don't see it. Um who knows? But I think I think as well what Eddie Howe might lean towards Ramsdale is that you, you kind of know what you're getting. You're getting a Premier League experienced goalie who's also internationally experienced. And I think he would probably slot into the side a lot easier than what Mamad Ashley would or somebody who's never played in the Premier League before. But um, I think now is the time to kind of go out and look for an upgrade. That's what I would do. But again, it depends on the budget. It depends whether Mamad Ashley is near the top or at the top of the list. Um, if we do go for Adam Ramsdale, I think it will either down, be down to the fact that Mamadashvili isn't available or isn't top of the list, or they wait until the summer when they've got a bit more money from, like the Adidas deal, for example. That's what that's what I think um, will spell who we go for. But I do think we'll go for someone. Before we get your thoughts, Pete, on the keeper, I, I like I like what Bobby's thinking here is, and this is what I thought as well, Bobby. Get him in, get the the Georgian connection going, and then bring in KK in the summer. I love it. Love it. I love that love thinking, it. Bobby. Never happened, but I love it. You say you say never happened, but they clearly know each other. If anyone can get him over over the to the English Channel, then uh, it, it would definitely be Mama Dashfully. That's for sure. But um. Look, it, it's an interesting one. It, we, we've not, we've already talked about, and we kind of threw his hat in the ring a, a week or two ago when we talked about David De Gea, um, mm. who's on a free. Um, so you're only really paying the wages and the contract. So that's that's another alternative as well, of course. But um, if you're if you're asking me for a short term deal, yeah, I'd probably is. go out with Ramsdale. 
I probably go in there. I'll probably go in Aaron Ramsdale. And the reason and, and the reasons why, and this is only if I'm going for a short term deal. If I'm going longer term, I'd go Mamad Ashwini. Mamad Ashwini is 22 years old. I think Ramsdale's still pretty young. He's 25, so he's still he's still a young goalkeeper. And um, he's still got a lot of time on his hands. But I just think Aaron Ramsdale, we need a goalkeeper to come in and get us playing and, and bring that solidity. He knows the English game. He's already secured Champions League football last season with Arsenal. So we know he can play at the top of the league. Um, and I think there's going to be, I would like to think there's a hunger there with him. There's a hunger there to prove people at Arsenal wrong. We're just kind of shipping him out. And as well, he's fighting to get into the Euro squad. So for me, I'm, I'm just thinking of those reasons there. If we got six months of quality goalkeeping out of him and that did all of those things that, that I pointed out, then that would be a really, really good deal. And if it's a six-month loan with a view to an op, uh, or an option to buy, that, that works out perfectly because we don't have to then do the deal. And if there is a better goalkeeper out there, like you said, Chris, with the sponsorship money and, and clearly and should really have more money to spend in the summer, we'd be able to get a better goalkeeper. But if we're going long term, I'd, I'd, I'd get Mamadash really, for, for sure. But I'm I'm of this question mark, and I think you boys have both touched on it as well, is that we don't know what Newcastle are going to go for. We don't know what they're thinking. We don't know whether they want a short-term fix or whether they're actually going to go and get their main man, the main guy, the one that they want to be, effectively the successor to Pope. And I actually think this is part of their issue right now because I don't think it was clearly not something that they planned for, but now they've been forced into it. It's going to be really, really interesting to see where they go next and, and what their next move is. Like, it's really interesting people in the chats talking about you know, Mama Dashwadi, and I think the, the consensus is that Mama Dashwadi is the is the one that you go for. And I think that's that's a natural um pick. But what was really interesting, this is the one thing that I didn't know, um, because I wasn't quite sure on, and I can't remember who's put it. Um it was the it was um Giniesta Wanaudum. Mama Dashwadi yeah. is a traditional goalie, great shot stopper, but really bad with his feet. Now, you know. Does that change people's minds? There, I don't know how bad he is with his feet. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of him, or the bit that I've seen of him when I've watched him live. It's it's more shot stopping than anything else, and he's very good, very good at commanding and collecting. But I haven't seen enough of him with his feet to suggest that he's kind of top level. I don't believe he is. But if um, Giniesta one Aldum said that he is bad with his feet, does that change anything? Can I? And I'll throw that back to you boys because clearly playing with his feet is something that is kind of a conversation within the within the Newcastle fan base because of some of Pope's questionable kicking over the last sort of six months. So does that change your mind in any way if that was true, if that is the case, what Genius the one Aldum said? I'd have to watch more of them today. The truth, I, I've only watched uh, YouTube clips. Uh, of them. I haven't, I haven't seen them live. But, but uh, yeah, it, it, it would be a question mark. Yeah, you know, they're going, but they're going to be doing their scouting uh, on whoever they, they bring in. I, I'm open to, to, to any 
any long-term replacement. It doesn't even have to be the, the two names we've, we've mentioned. I know Foxy even put a, another uh, player from South America, and we know Foxy knows his stuff on, when it comes to, to South American players. Uh, so whoever they may find out there uh, who, who ticks all the boxes of what they're looking for. Mm. Five million. <laughs> that last word, where are you? Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. That yeah. wouldn't be bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I agree with Daz. I don't, I don't, I haven't watched Mamas Ashley for like long periods. I've only seen clips of him, and like I say, the clips I've seen, I've, I've been impressed. But um, that is a factor. I think in the modern game, I think you do need some a goalkeeper who is comfortable with defeat, especially when you're playing out from the back, which is what a lot of teams do now. Um, and the big, big thing for me as well, Pete, is probably distribution. Like, you know, you see some some of the top, top level goalkeepers. Like, you know, you see Allison doing it all the time. In fairness, you see Jordan Pickford doing it. Like, yeah. distribution is spot on. Uh, and, you know, when if you're a quick counter-attacking press inside, you need a goalie who can basically set you off, get your 40, 50 yards up the pitch, and all of a sudden you're on the attack. And if you've got a keeper who has, you know, got that, got that vision. I mean, how many goals have Man City scored from Edison? Just quickly pinging it or just hitting it. 40, 50, 60 yards and they're away. It makes a massive difference. And I think with Nick Pope, that's something that he's lacking in. As much as he's a really good shot stopper, he's not very good with his feet and he's not very good with his distribution. And you do question sometimes that this is why it's not top, top. But in fairness to um, you know what Jeannie said there, that could be why Mama Dashley hasn't been snapped up already and why they're talking about 20 million euros. Because if that's the case and he is lacking in that department, maybe that's put a lot of suitors off. Potentially, definitely, but it's going to be an interesting one. Um, I, I, I think this is going to move quite a bit because it has to. Like, Dubravka, fair play to him, got a clean sheet at the weekend uh, or yesterday. Um, he's got a shoulder injury, not playing well, um, or hadn't in, in the previous three games before that. It does need to move quickly, and I think a goalkeeper does need to come in sort of as soon as possible. So it has to move quickly. So I'm sure we'll, we'll see more names um, mentioned uh, as we go along. But you mentioned the number six position. It'd be it'd be crazy not to start with the person that's been linked with the position the most. And it's been really interesting that Calvin Phillips to Newcastle seems to be one that is continuing to be talked about. Um, um, Ollie Hawkins... I talked about it as an exclusive Newcastle move, a step closer to signing um, Calvin Phillips. There is some interest there from Juventus, who have kind of registered an interest in him, but it does seem to be all the talk um, about Calvin Phillips. And what was really interesting with that is that um, uh, it looked like for a lot of people that he was kind of saying farewell and, and, and goodbye to the Man City fans um, after his sort of celebration. Uh, I think he scored in the Champions League midweek and it was kind of like that signal um, to the Man City fans. They they thought, and people linked to Man City, thought that was that was him saying goodbye to them. So, you know, from that perspective, um, you know, is Calvin Phillips your go-to for that number six position? Someone to come in, take that position and, and make, it, make it his own. I know we've talked about him before, but this seems a lot further on than any of the previous times we've had a conversation on Calvin Phillips. So it probably needs maybe a little bit more of a conversation on it. But what 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 are your thoughts with Calvin Phillips, Daz? 
Yeah, Calvin Phillips, this has been going on for two years talking about him. It's like it's it's a bit like Madison, Pete. <laughs> Sorry to bring that up. Uh but uh no, like I, I even see uh, Sean, Sean Casey on 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 uh um talking about it as well this evening. Um uh, yeah, there's an awful lot of talk. Uh, is it all just talk or or is it is something done and dusted in the background? Crown and it's just a matter of rocking up now at the start of January. Um, interestingly enough, another tweet linked to Sean. I saw they're talking about Emile Smith Rose as well. So um, another player that that is injured a bit. So a good player, and two years ago, absolutely unreal. But um, it, it does kind of sound like the the Eddie Howe way as well, bringing players in that are English. And and uh, trying to nurse them back to where they once were, but um, yeah, I, as I said before, with, with Phillips, it's for me, it's it's get him in on loan, and if he does okay, and he, he doesn't get injured when playing regularly first, then I'd, I'd consider consider making a permanent. But uh, apart from that, it, no. What I will say is he, he hasn't really been injured recently for Man City. Yeah, I know he hasn't really been playing either. Yeah, just <laughs> been playing, and, and and that's that's the big thing. He just they they haven't played him, and, and it's really clear that Pep doesn't doesn't fancy it. He doesn't fancy him. Doesn't think that he fits in to his style of play, his his formation. But Chris, I'll come to you with this: like, he doesn't fit into what Pep wants. But does that mean ultimately that he doesn't fit into what Eddie Howe? Not necessarily, no. Um, I've just seen a comment there from Life Goals and I had to Google it because I thought I can't be right. And Life, Life Goals was saying uh, Calvin Phillips was 28. And I was thinking, surely not. Surely not. Yeah, 28 <clears throat> years old. Like, you know, I, I, I think Calvin Phillips could do, a, could do a job for us. I think um, if he can if he can regain that form from when he, you know, his first season in the Premier League with Leeds, absolutely. And I think Eddie Howe could get the very best out of him. And just because he's not ready for a superstar uh, Man City team doesn't mean that he's not ready for a Newcastle team, considering where we are at this moment. Um, but you know, is it is his head going to be right? Is he going to stay fit? Um, yes, he's got the P Premier League experience. Um, yes, he's not going to have any problem integrating. We know that he's uh, got a, a home not too far away from Newcastle. So, in terms of a temporary move, yeah, brilliant. But is he the long term answer? Do we want to be paying forty plus million for Calvin Phillips? I don't know. I don't know. Um, again, it goes back to the conversation we had about the number one spot. If that is not seen as a priority move, is that your loan? And then you spend your money elsewhere. Um, I must admit, if we went out and spent 30, 40 million on Calvin Phillips, I'd be a bit like, oh, not, not sure. Because you don't quite know what you're going to get with him. Um, but I'm not knocking him. He's not a bad player. And if he came in uh, on, a, on, a, you know, on, a, on a loan deal with the option to buy, maybe it was a reasonable fee, who knows? If he does really well, great, we can sign him in the summer. But I wouldn't be forking out a lot of money on him initially up front. I'd want to see what he's like first and see you know, where his head's at, so to speak, uh, see if he can regain you know, that form and see if he is an Eddie Howe type player. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think um, Juventus were linked with something similar. Alone with a with an obligation or an option to buy, I, I'll be honest with you. I think that would be a really poor move if you would just went and signed Calvin Phillips outright. Like, yeah, you've got it, it, you have to you have to see him up front and uh, up close and personal. Eddie Howe's going to need to get him fit. 
first and foremost, because he hasn't played a lot of football, is going to have to get him Eddie Howe fit, which we've already seen yeah. that a lot of players have broken down this this season off the back of trying to be Eddie Howe fit. Is that is that going to be the case for him? Hopefully not. Um, but I do think that with his attributes and his abilities, particularly in that defensive midfield slot, I, I watched him alongside Declan Rice in the Euros, um, and he was he was fantastic. Like he was he, he was unplayable at times, um, and he was a big reason why why they went as deep in the competition as they did. And I just think if he can recapture that under Eddie Howe, I think we've got a really really good player there. And the key is he wouldn't even have to play every game. He'd come in and play moments within within games or certain games he would do really well in. I think a game like, for example, next Saturday, going away to Luton, a, a team that will work and run their socks off and cause problems, any type of counter-attack, which is what they've been good at this season, is counter-attacking football. Someone like him would just break up play and stop teams from being able to do that and allow us have the quality because we've got much better quality than Luton. That's clear and obvious to everybody. It, it gives us the opportunity to put teams away like that. So, so Calvin Phillips is is kind of the obvious option, but there are there are others out there. Interestingly, um, we, we talked about this before, but Conor Gallagher is being talked about as a as potential. Um, how shall I put it? A potential casualty of necessity for um, for Chelsea in order to recoup. <coughs> money that we're talking about potentially he might well go as early as this january now this is another one Daz, that's been running on for a long time um uh we've been linked with Conor gallagher for, for a while now um and he hasn't moved but chelsea fans have said he's been probably their best midfielder this season in terms of performances so look chris i'll start i'll, I'll kind of reverse it come back to you first on this one uh conor gallagher from your perspective um would you take him um i would take him because i think he i think he's a talented lad and i think he could bring something to to uh, to the newcastle midfield my only issue is if as you described pt is a casualty uh, for chelsea in terms of them wanting to recoup some money um the price would be a big thing for me and i don't think we'd be able to get him on loan i think he would be someone you'd have to pay outright for and he is very much i think i think it's fair to say pete we've said this before he's very much uh, a london lad so that spells alarm bells for me purely because he's he's rejected moves in the past because he wanted mm. to stay in london um, so moving from london to newcastle that could take a bit of getting used to i know it's still the uk obviously but you know, uh, I, d I don't know. When players start, start rejecting moves because they want to stay in a particular city, that raises alarm bells for me. Because really, let's be honest, footballers don't really live in the same world as you and I uh, and, you know, everybody watching. Um, it, they, yes, they may move away from home, but I'm sure they can just go and buy the mum and the dad and the uncle and the auntie a new house. So the fact that he's chosen not for the football, away from football and reasons, he's chosen to stay in London. That that brings in a bit of doubt for me um and also we're talking 40 million plus for conor gallagher so that also raises a bit of doubt i would like to bring him in on loan just to see how he fits see how he fits the system and stuff but i don't think that's going to be a possibility so if you said to me you can have conor gallagher for 45 million i me personally i think i would be looking elsewhere because I've, you only have to look at our recent signings you know bruno for 38 
uh, Tonali for what was it? 40, well, no, I think it was rising to 52, wasn't it? Or 55. Yeah. So, you know, if you offered me one of those two instead of Conor Gallagher, you're picking one of those two every day of the week. So if you're forking out that kind of money, I'd be looking elsewhere um, because Chelsea will want a lot of money for them. So that that's my thoughts on Gallagher. That's uh, your opinions on Conor Gallagher? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I've um, I listened to Christian, but I'm also laughing at the life goals comments. Uh, they're absolutely hilarious here in, in, in the chat. For example, he uh, he has asked Foxy if he was any relation to Rule Fox, uh, but uh, but and, uh, but Foxy did clarify that uh, um, that he no relation, I think. But uh, I think interesting, so yeah, it's a kind of, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I did see uh, you were on, you were on the chat last night. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see that. Um, yeah, Conor Gallagher. Yeah, he was very good at Crystal Palace. Um, and I, I, I at, at that point in time, I, I would have liked us to try and get him in. Um, hit and miss for me at times at Chelsea as well. And someone makes makes a good point here as well uh, that bringing him in now would kind of yeah. It would impact the likes of of the growth of the the players that we have in in there already, like like Smiley and a few more. But I don't know. I I would I like Chris. I would I wouldn't spend the big money on him if we were getting him at a, a really cheap price. Yes, but Chelsea want big money, so no, uh, not for me. I think a season or two ago I would have taken him, but not now. I don't even think we can loan him because we've got Lewis Hall on the loan with an obligation, and I don't think you can get. Um, another loan for he's, the same he's club. first team for them though so yeah I think I think we'd have to yeah we'd, we'd, we'd probably have to sign in permanently and, and like like you guys have said I think someone said in the chat uh, they want 50 million for it which is just it, it's just crazy crazy money yeah um, it, and not for me I, I won't personally be, be spending that sort of money on, on getting him um, look, how, the, uh, look how Mason Mount turns out please exactly Exactly. They, yeah. How much did they? How much did Man United pay for him over, over sixty million? They paid him. Madness. Not only has he been injured, when he has played, he's been dreadful. Just yeah, like man. when we knocked him out the um, the Carabao Cup that night, and he played, he was absolutely dreadful. Um, and, and yeah, it, you're taking a big risk with players like that. And and look, let's be honest. I'm, I'm I've got a I've got a bit of a question mark about signing players permanently from teams that are ultimately for the next few years going to be your rivals um I, I i just don't i don't i don't get it i don't understand it i don't think it should happen um i think if you're signing someone on a free from there that's that said that they're not going to sign a new contract and you take advantage of that that's different like but i i don't get the obsession with buying off players from around the teams because those teams are not going to release those players to you willingly and if they're releasing those players to you willingly, then you've got to question why, why they're releasing those players to you. Um, and, and maybe, you know, that, that that's a question for, for later on in the window when we're having those discussions. But um, there, there are other players you could potentially look at. Just a player that I've talked about before um, and, and other people in the chat have mentioned as well. Uh, Maxence Cockery uh, from Leon, um, a very, very good, tidy um experienced as well 23 year old uh, number six for leon leon uh, fighting a relegation battle at the moment. not 
good, but he is still performing really, really well in that team. Um, and at 23, Leon are not getting European football this season or definitely not looking like it at the moment. Can you pay that money to get someone out of there like Maxim Cockeray? Why not? Why not? Why not put a little bit of money down to ensure 23 years old, got his future in front of him, um, French international, that he's got the pedigree to be a top, top player and be that. And not just that, he knows Bruno Gomez very well because they played in the same midfield together before he came to Newcastle United. So it does make sense to get a deal like that. I'm not saying he's been linked, he hasn't been, but I would love it to be the case um, off the back of that. Um, but look, we'll, we'll move on to the... Uh, we'll leave this one as the final position for tonight because we can come back to all the players that we haven't talked about on on, a, on another occasion because this won't be the last time that we're talking about transfers uh, in the next five or six weeks, that's for sure. So um, let's go to the right-hand side. And first and foremost, um, interesting that there were a number of links over the last week or two about the potential of Jacob Murphy leaving the club. <laughs> Um, now we we asked the question um, the other night about Miggy. Like, would you take a fee from Saudi to to kind of move him on twenty, thirty, maybe even forty million? I think the general consensus in the chat that night and with us that we would take that for Miggy if it was that money up front to allow us to go out and spend. But the interesting one was with with, with Jacob Murphy. Now, you know, would we get his brother? In replacement to that, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but uh, I thought that was a brilliant Christmas. Uh, it was, yeah, Christmas fancy dress, dressing up as his uh, as his brother, uh, even with the um, the shoulder um, brace as well. Uh, uh, I thought that was a, a nice touch, but um, just that's crazy to see how how different their careers are. I think he's at Oxford United now, um, and uh, Murphy's been playing Champions League football this season, but. Uh, uh, on, on a serious note, you know, the, the question I've got is, is that like, what, who's out there? Who's out there? So, like, there's there's been no direct links. I've got a few players here that I'll bring up that I think could well be players that we could get in January, um, that, uh, whether it's permanent or, or other means, um, and uh, I think are better than what we've got currently. Or, or certainly could be. Um, and the first one we talked about briefly because we brought it up before is um, uh, Nico Williams um, at, at Bilbao. His contract, he still hasn't, I believe, signed his contract yet. His contract runs out in the summer. Um, I think he's 23 years old. If anyone seen the goal that he scored um, yesterday, uh, wow, um, superb, superb finish. Um, right into the top bins. Um, he is, he for me is the Miggy upgrade um, that you could potentially get on a cheap deal. Now, there is still rumours that he is in the negotiations. He could sign a new deal. But with January coming up, there's a chance that if you put enough money down, he could he could be swayed to leave there, you know, to come to a team that, are, that is likely to, in the years to come, play not just regular European football, but Champions League football. Um, Nico Williams would, would be that guy. And the thing with Nico Williams is he has been looked at by Tottenham and Aston Villa on the back of that. So I don't know how much you guys or people in the chat might know about Nico Williams, but that was just somebody that I threw out there um, as a potential option. Um, 
However, one person that I know you know about that I'll bring up that I personally think that we could get in January, whether it happens or not is a different thing, is this man. Um, <laughs> Rapping now. Um, we've talked about him before. Um, talented, talented player. How much do you think it would take to get Rafinha out of Barcelona, in your opinions? Um, Daz, I'll come to you with, with that. Um, how much do you think it could potentially take? Because there is there are rumours that um, you know, Barcelona are not necessarily happy with him at the moment uh, and could potentially look to cash in. Hmm, good question. Um, I would... If we're going to, to if we're going to go by by a top level uh, right winger um, there, uh, we're, I think we're spending our, our summer transfer budget if, if we're going down that that path. Um, I think it's fifty million at, at least uh, for Rafinha. I, I have, and I, but I haven't been monitoring recently. Like he's absolutely unreal at at Leeds. And uh, he started really well at at, at uh, Barca as well, but I haven't seen him re- recently. But I imagine around the fifty million mark is where you do your starting point. So it's it's. A, uh, what age is he now? Uh, probably on. I'm guessing twenty six. Twenty seven. I think. I think Joanne's twenty seven. Yeah. Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty seven. Yeah. He's coming up. His uh, birthday. Well, yeah, his birthday was three days ago. He's twenty seven now. Um, <laughs> Happy birthday, Rafinha. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't see this one happening in in January, please. Uh, for me, it, it's it's lower down the pecking order of priorities. Uh, it, it, if if it'd be something like if Barcelona were desperate to, for cash, which they always are, but um, getting a deal done with Barcelona for this one, can't see it in January. Okay, Chris. Rafinha, talk to me. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, we we spoke about this recently, the movie, and Rafinha's been linked a hell of a lot um, over the past six to twelve months. Um, but for me, he's probably the closest thing to like a Riyad Mahrez. Um, he he guarantees you goals if he plays in that right wing position. And bearing in mind he's Premier League experienced, no doubt he can speak some sort of English. Um, I I think I think he would be a fantastic sign, and I was just checking then, and you, you're absolutely right, boys. Yeah, 27 day after me, day after me, he's born. <laughs> um, but yeah, at 27 years old, he signed for Barcelona for 50 million, rising to 55, and I'm thinking Barcelona probably need to shed a bit of money off the wage bill. Um, you know, I can't imagine there would be a whole host of clubs going for Rafinha purely because of his value or his price, but I, I think. I think we could tempt Barcelona with something in the region of 40 to 45 million, I think, because I don't think he's actually had a very good season so far. Anyone in the chat tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he's uh, set the world alight this season. And I think if, if if you put the hard cash down on the table, I think Barcelona might be tempted to cash in because no doubt they've probably got their eye on some other wonder kid uh, that maybe they want to bring in. And obviously they've got Ferran Torres as well, haven't they? So... It would be interesting to see if they would be willing to part with someone like Rafinha, especially if he's not hit the ground running this season like they'd hoped. Um, but no, he, he he would be he would be a massive massive upgrade. And to answer your initial question, Pete, you know, if if you were to ask me, do I want to sacrifice a Miggy Amaron or a Jacob Murphy for someone like Rafinha? You do it all day, every day, all day, every day. Chris, one here for you as well. Uh, 
life goals a suggestion oh oh <laughs> i mean life goals knows how we all feel about mares mares is just brilliant but yeah rafinha is like a younger mares for me um i still think he's got some ways <clears> to go to catch mares but yeah mares would be brilliant mares on loan would be absolutely phenomenal I just wish he was like five years younger and, you know, was dying to come and join Newcastle. But neither of those are probably true, I'd imagine. Um, but yeah, Mara's a great player. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm permanently kept away from the Saudi the Saudi players um, for a reason. Uh, just because we're, I'm, I'm sure we'll do... Um, a, a separate show on them at yeah. some point no, as, as we're building on who we can pick in. And we did cover them when we initially talked about it before. Another player that's really exciting before we get to lots of questions. And I know there's lots of comments and questions in the chat, so we'll come to that just now. But uh, a player that some people will know, FC Copenhagen's Rooney um, <laughs> um <laughs> Young 18-year-old scored the scored the winner, I believe, against Man United in Champions League. But uh right winger, huge, huge potential. Um yeah, is he better than Miguel Amiron now? No, but could he be for sure? Um now two things there is his potential. Newcastle like to sign young players. I don't think we always need to sign young players, but he's a young player there. We've got massive potential and I don't believe you are paying a huge amount of money to get him. Um, Copenhagen. Um, I think I, I think somebody's dog doesn't like the fact that Rooney Badajan might come to Newcastle United, <laughs> but but I like the thought of that, and I think I don't think you're paying any more than 15, 20 million to, to get him out of FC Copenhagen. Um, <clears throat> uh, in my opinion, I, I don't think that would be the case, but. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? And have you have you have you boys been able to see any anything of him and any little bits of him um, this season? I know he scored the goal against Man United, and then uh, I, I did tune in to watch uh, the Copen, uh, Copenhagen game, and he wasn't playing. Uh, uh, but he's he's on he's on my hit list on uh, Football Manager. He he turned me down in in the summer, but I'm going to book a back in for him in January. Uh, because he he'd what I'm trying to build, um. But yeah, I have really seen him. I haven't really seen him in, in real life so much yet. But um, a lot of good things about him. I, I hear. Yeah. Um. Same, Chris. In terms of um, what what you've seen from him. Yeah, a little bit similar to Mamas Ashley. To be honest, I've seen clips of him. Um, and he's looked very good. And yet, as does you know, like you said, I've seen that seen the goal against Man United, but I've not. I've not scouted him extensively. Um, normally, I don't do that until like there's real, real strong links, and then it's like, oh, let's have a proper watch. And you know, uh, when I've got a bit of spare time, I might say uh, watch one of the games and whatnot that they're playing in. But no, I've not not got to him yet. Um, but from obviously what people are saying, he sounds like a real prospect. And obviously, playing Champions League football at such a young age, the ceiling's probably ridiculously high. And you're absolutely right, Pete, when you say he's probably not at the level of a Miggy Almiron at the moment. But that's not to say that he can't, you know, reach that level and then go way beyond it, especially due to his age. <clears throat> Definitely. Um, yeah, it, I, I, I lo I, I'd, I'd love to sign someone like that. Um, I, I, I'm in two minds, though, purely because of that. I, I talk about the age, the age thing. I, I do think we need to sign ready-made players in certain positions. I would probably say 
right wing may well be one of them, along with the striker position, is where you'd want a, 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 an experienced, ready to go player. Um, but actually, you, you, looking looking from this position, I actually think that if you look at Miggy and Murphy, neither have a long term future. So you could potentially have Rooney Badacha and a ready to go right winger potentially come in over the next year or two. And then you've got those players to basically transition into your two new right wingers that could take you forward with maybe even a Murphy because his contract's not out until 2027, I believe, Um, uh, you know, as a a backup third option. So you could potentially do it that way. So there's lots to kind of look in um, there. Foxy just put a question in about, uh, would anyone take uh, Noni Madueke? Um, he he signed for Chelsea last season, uh, last January, I believe, and uh, I did I did watch him at Stamford Bridge, and he and he was probably their best player on that day, but just hasn't really kicked on since he signed for them. Um, so I'm not sure whether that's a little bit of Chelsea destroying him or whether he's just not really found um, his level. Um, isn't the Premier League at this moment in time. But one player that I would sign from PSV um, who can play in that position is Johan Bakayoko. Um, mm-hmm. He has got massive potential there. And I'm not going to talk about it too much. But if you're going from PSV, he's a guy that I would definitely look for. But I've got a feeling he's going to cost a pretty penny to get out of there because he is uh, a, a talented, talented player. But they were just some players in those positions, no real links there with those particular players, but players that we'd highlighted in a needful position, but we'll definitely keep an eye out for if any of those links do pop along. Uh, and if there are other players, and you guys have been, guys and girls have been brilliant in the chat, putting out other players um, that we've kind of noticed, then get involved um, and throw those names in, because the more shows we do, we are going to touch on these. And if they pop up again, and there's a true link, this is where we go to town and look in a little bit more detail. But that's uh, yeah. One one thing I do apologise. Initially, I made a mistake. Here is the proper table for the NUFC Women's League. They are five. Hey, they are. <laughs> there. We're doing, I, I, doing better than that, I, got, I got last season's table. I made. Uh, I think I, it wasn't even the full table, but I made a mistake on last season's table, so I apologise. Um, but yes, nice. they are top of the league, so there we go. Sorry, Daz. Yeah, uh, right. So, so yeah, there's a few comments and questions in the chat. Uh, Samson, I just given the uh, thumbs up on on the Rooney. He's a Danish connection there, so uh, that's nice to hear as well. Thanks for that, Samson. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Some questions. There's a lot of questions and comments here. We, we will circle back around to get your, your story as well, Chris. So we'll, we'll get that going. Um, from Captain Kefhard first, are the likes of uh, Hendrik Fraser, Lewis and Hayden still on our books? Yes, unfortunately, uh, they are. Uh, we're still stuck with them for the time being. Um, unless that changes in January. Um, next question. Yeah, uh, um Rowan asks 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 about uh, Ekiteki. Uh, do you think that think that player might be Ekiteki? He was linked with the club for being able to play across that front three. I think it was linking back to when you were describing a player, Chris, that could play up front or kind of on the wing. Mm. Mm. I can see why they've gone for him, but I think 
I think it's fair to say that when uh, TK knocked us back, that's why we went in for Isaac. But I think he was probably the Isaac player, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think I think he's probably burnt his bridges. I think he's probably a player that the, the, um, the scouts would obviously admire and still class as a really good player. But I think, you know... <laughs> You kind of only get one chance at this, and his attitude has been questionable since he's been at PSG, which was his dream club. So if it doesn't quite go his way at Newcastle, how's he going to be act there? He's probably going to be even worse, isn't he? Yeah. We'll move on. We'll move on from that one. Um, question from Jimmy: If we were to get a goalkeeper in, would you sell Dubravka in January? I'd have sold him last January. <laughs> um, yeah. I just won last January, so yeah, um, he had his chance, he blew it. Um, I'll get behind him when he puts on the shirt and he steps on St. James's Park, or when he when he plays for Newcastle United, I'll get behind him, but um, yeah, like we're we've moved on from Dubravka for me, he's not good enough, and I'm quite happy to die on that hill and continue to say that. Mm. Um, yeah, sticking with the goalies, um, Sean says, uh, the, the three we talked, well, two we talked about, and Degay, there was a lot of talk about Degay as well. What yeah. wages he would command, he's, he's nowhere now, uh, I suppose he's no club. Um, but then Life Goals, who was thrown out loads of questions on loads of different topics, but he asks about the, the Irish uh, goalkeeper Kelleher at um Liverpool. I can't see Liverpool letting him go. Uh, too easily, but uh, he's a good keeper. I haven't seen an awful lot of him, but he is a decent keeper. Um, unless anyone else knows more about him, he 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 looked very good last season, but when he's made a couple of appearances <clears throat> this season, he has looked shaky. And I noticed that Allison was meant to be out for a long period of time, and then they pushed him back, and now he's back. Whereas apparently, he was meant to be out for a good few weeks, and I wonder whether that's because Kelleher maybe. Maybe there's not full confidence in Kelleher, so I'm not, I'm not 100 sure, and I certainly wouldn't think he's number one material if I'm honest. Okay, right. Uh, Jay talks about uh, he goes, guys, I'm from Scotland. And I know the Scottish league isn't the best, but Jack Butland has been Rangers' best player this season. I'm sure he's uh, on loan. Even get him for six months until the summer. Not for me. Yeah, it didn't work out. For, but was he, was he at Man United for a while as well? At, for like yeah, a third keeper or something? Yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's who... Did, did they get him in when the got of, me back? Yes. Yes, that was it. Yeah. 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 No, I think... Yeah. Yeah, we'll he, was, on. he was once rated quite highly, wasn't he? Back in the day. But um, his career's kind of took a bit of a nosedive, really. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. Um, Stoke refused to... To negotiate for him. So when they went down, so many teams went in for Jack Butland and tried to get him. Um, and Stoke, um, obviously, because they assumed they would come straight back up, they um, put unrealistic transfer figures on his head. And he wanted to go, but he, he always said that he would never force a move. So he was happy, he was happy to leave, but no team came back with the money that Stoke wanted. And I think the only reason he left Stoke was because his contract was running out. That was the only reason he was able to go. But by then, he'd spent two, three years of his career languishing in the championship because obviously their team got decimated and 
they are where they are now. So uh, it, partly that is down to the um, Stoke as the club, not necessarily him. Mm. He ended up on pa uh, Palace, didn't he? Did he go to Palace on loan? It was a weird loan deal or something, so they didn't like get hardly any money for them. <laughs> so, it, I think they burnt the bridges at that point again. I think they stung themselves in the. Uh... Yeah. Stick, sticking with the goalies, Matt uh, says, uh, yeah, if we were to bring Ramsdale in on loan and we were to sell Dubravka, then who's in goal for when we play Arsenal? Good point. And um, people also added in, I think, as well, if we got if we got um, Arsenal in the cup then or something as well, who would be in goal as well? Yeah, look at, let's, let's worry about that if we, we, we were to get Ramsdale and sell Dubravka. Too many yeah. if puts and maybes there at the moment. Um, I've course mentions Adam Wharton from Blackburn, and he says he's got a release clause of 18.5 million. Um, good defensive midfielder as well. Um, coming through the ranks, don't know an awful lot about him again. A football manager, I, I, I've seen his name there as well. I've only seen a couple of goals that he scored, he's scored a couple of it. decent goals. Blackburn, but I've not seen enough of him really. To uh, I've, but I've heard he's a. There's a lad that I work with um, who's a mad Blackburn fan, and he 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 bigs him up big time. But I've just not seen enough from him. I did watch a game, a Blackburn game, and yeah, he, he didn't shine for me when I the game, the part of the game I saw. Uh, I was just keeping my eye up for him. Um, question for you, Pete. Of... Are you ready? Oh, sorry, ready for uh, Are you ready for Lawless tomorrow? I'm born ready. Um, to, be fair, to be fair, we've moved on from that. Uh, three points in the bag against Fulham. I think I've got to be honest. I think most of the talk will be about Man United getting a point at, uh, at Liverpool. I think we had a we had a poll out and we had sevens, eights, fours, three nils. Uh, to Liverpool and end up being nil nil, and they and they sneak a point. So, I'll be honest. I think maybe Arrow will be getting some um, penalties, and of course, LB uh, getting some penalties yes. from Man City. So, um, I'm not being. I, I think LB made the flex towards us. You know what he feels about Newcastle United. We're trying to flex that, towards us. But, uh, that to me turns up. Um, <laughs> so one man that, that will turn up. Is D as we, we turn our attention to uh well it's not on that one actually he's, he's on another he might he might appear uh, as he does now and again but um Elise from Palace as a right winger someone you consider yeah I would the price is right um I think, I, know. I think he's he's getting back to be fair he signed a new contract uh, that baffle it baffles me. It baffled me. Like, someone just put Nico Williams in signing a new contract as well, uh, but only just like as in like last few days, I think he signed a new contract to twenty twenty seven. Like those moves baffle me. Unless they've got release clauses set in their contracts, they baffle me because at least he's better than Par uh, than Palace. I'm, I'm sorry, he just is. He he is ready for maybe not a Chelsea because I think they're probably ruining, but he's ready to come and play. European football at someone like Newcastle. Like he's ready for that now. Um we had the question about Brennan Johnson. Someone was talking about Brennan Johnson. I'd have Elise over Brennan Johnson. His dead ball ability is superb. Um 
Yeah, I just baffles me signing a new contract because the Palace are going to command crazy money to get him out there. It's going to be another Louis Saha situation. No, not Louis Saha, <laughs> he's a striker. Um, uh, Wilfred Zaha, uh, uh, it's another Wilfred Zaha situation. Wilfred Zaha ended up going on a free to Turkey because Palace refused to sell him. Like, it, it's literally going to be another situation for Elise unless he's got a clause in his contract. Um, which I just think. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. <clears throat> Life goals uh, fresh from getting the knockback from Foxy on the Rule Fox connection. He followed that up uh, asking Bill Ashby whether he was any relation to Harrison Ashby. And uh, yeah, uh, Bill clarified, nope, that he doesn't think he is. But uh, interesting one in the chat. So uh, who will uh, Life Goals go after next? Um, Brisgate asked the question. Ashford has said that we need to trade to compete. So who might leave in January? Chris. Million dollar question. Um, I do I do believe someone may leave in January, but I think there's more likelihoods of a player leaving in the summer or players leaving in the summer. Um, only if we get a, um, a very reasonable or high offer for one of our players can I see them leaving in January because obviously it's such a short window. Um, unless the deal's been pre-agreed, I would be very surprised if someone came in in the third week of January with an offer for the player. But then I said this when Chris Woods and John Joe Shelby got sold, didn't I? So, you know, maybe maybe uh, some players, some clubs will panic, come in for a big deal and we'll go, yeah, just get rid, get rid and we'll sort it out in the summer. That could be the case. Um, in terms of who I think is most likely, um, subject to injury, I think um I think Miggy Almiron, I think Jacob Murphy, I think Joe Willock, which we have spoke about before, Jamal Lascelles, Martin Dubravka. Someone like that, I would say. I don't know. I think you've covered the bases there. Anyone else you'd throw in that pile, Pete? Um No. No. Yeah, I think I think okay. uh, just covered them all to be fair. Cool, cool. Um, JB and UFC uh, suggests Brassius from Leverkusen. But the thing is with Leverkusen, they're top of the German league and they have a long list of players that are very, very good. Uh, this, the, you could name about five or six that, that would, would uh, slot in at Newcastle. But um, yeah. Jonathan Carr has been linked. He's been linked with Newcastle yeah. earlier on, um, centre back. Um, but he's also been linked with Chelsea as well. Why Chelsea? Why would you go to Chelsea right now? Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, but yeah, he has been linked to only 20 million as well. Not a huge fee. Mm. Oh. I'm not sure if that's contract related. I haven't seen it looked at his contract, but yeah, there was only I think it was only 20 million. So he's the one, he's maybe the one that might go. Nobody else though. Yeah, no, I think I think they they'll try and keep their squad together for the summer and then there'll be there'll be vultures will come swooping all over the place for, for some of their yeah. players. Um yeah, Chris, did you want to ask a question earlier? I think one you want to bring up. Yeah, do, do you know what? Um, I wanted to ask you about Lewis Hall. Because I know, and you may have talked about this, and apologies if you're lads, but um, I, you know, when Eddie Howe was asked at the press conference about Lewis Hall, and he was like, um, you know, we, you know, is, is he definitely signing kind of thing? And he was just like, no. And I was just a bit like, oh, okay. Um, 
And I just wondered. I mean, we we've had this injury crisis, haven't we? And we've we've struggled and whatever. And it feels it feels to me like we've done everything we possibly can not to play him. Um, and any minutes that he does get or when he does start, he's very quickly shifted off the pitch. And uh, you know, we saw him have that fantastic game against Man United. We saw him struggle against Man City when he was played in the midfield. But do you boys believe that Lewis Hall is going to be? A Newcastle player come the end of the season, or do you think that it's looking more likely that he won't be? I don't know. I would have thought definitely yes uh, up until that. But he even even in the press conference, and you can see the the body language where he, mm. he he's asked the question. It was it was Jordan and Dom that were asking the 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 yeah, the, the two best questions on on the day there at that press mm. conference and. Uh, he kind of turns and asks, "Can he what what he can say?" Uh, and he was kind of very sketchy on how how he answered it. Um, I still think though he's 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 going to come good, and we're gonna we're gonna keep him. I think he signs. I think he signs. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it'd be a good look if we sign somebody barely play them and let them go back to their parent club. I don't think it's a good look for Newcastle if we do that. Um, I think we've trusted this. We, we've convinced this player to not sign a long-term contract at Chelsea and to come to us. And then if we don't show him a pathway of where he could be a first-team player, I'm not saying he should be first choice, playing every week. If we don't allow him to have at least a pathway to play some type of regular football this season, or certainly don't give him the vision of the pathway that he could be in the next two or three years, a first-team regular, I think we would have made a big mistake. Yes, you know, he hasn't been some. He hasn't been convincing in some of the games that he's played. He was very, very good at, at Old Trafford um, in, in the Cup, in the Carabao Cup, when he got his goal. Um and I think he's got lots of attributes in his game that could make him into a top fullback. Um, I think the injuries haven't helped him. I think there's an element of Eddie Howe not wanting to throw him in the deep end. I think he did that away at Dortmund, and that's why he got dragged at half-time. I think he struggled. I think he really struggled in that game. And I think there's a little bit of maturity that he needs to add to his game. I think he benefits from playing cup games. Or uh, if it wasn't against Chelsea, he would have played on 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 Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday come in, and um, he would have played in there. So it, these were games that he would have played in, like he did at Old Trafford. But he can't because of his loan uh, situation. But I think what he'll do now, he'll be exposed to other games. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays minutes in the in the derby. Um, mm. I, I, I wouldn't. I think he'll he'll get minutes between now and the end of the season. But I think they're being very particular on where they play him in his minutes. And he only has to look at Tino Livramento as, as a, someone to look up to. Tino was, again, not really being played. I mean, he didn't even come off the bench against Wolves, for God's sake, and look at what he's doing now. But when he gets his opportunity, when, the, when, when Eddie Howe feels that he's ready, he will play him and we will see the best of Lewis Hall. Lewis Hall isn't just a signing for now, it's a signing for the future. And we we have to show him the pathway. For us to let him go 
and he potentially go back to Chelsea and absolutely tear it up, which he's got the potential of doing. Remember the remember the reaction of the Chelsea fans when we got that deal yeah. done? They went mad. <laughs> they were kicking off. <laughs> they wanted Kukurea out the door as quick as anything and, and, and to keep Lewis Hall. The reaction after that press conference from all the Chelsea accounts, they're excited about the fact of having him back. We should take that as a, as a sign that we shouldn't be letting this lad go easy. We need to keep hold of him, in my opinion. Mm. I really, really do. Foxy makes a good point here as well about, and I know you mentioned it as well, Pete, about uh, renegotiating the, the yeah. whole deal. <laughs> Bring his yeah. value down low enough so that we can renegotiate. I think I might have said it to you boys in, in our chat. I think I said it. Uh, I, I, I said we, we, it, it would be a smart move. Whether, whether Chelsea would go for it or not, it's a big risk. Chelsea might go, actually, nah, we'll take him back. If you don't want to pay the money, we'll take him. Um, and they might just do that. But the renegotiation, yeah, Chelsea still win. They, they'll get money from him. Maybe not the huge amount that they're after, the 28 million. Or is it a 28 million that will be paid over a period of time that makes the deal more favourable mm -hmm. to us? Mm -hmm. So it's now an initial payment of like a, a little bit like, Joe Willock, five million per window, rather than an upfront yeah. payment of is there is there a scope to do that? Who knows? But you've got to then remember that he has to want to sign for us. And if he yeah. turns around in the season, and said, "Well, you didn't play me," he said, yeah. "You played me." We didn't. He might turn around and go, "Well, you know what? I wanted to play for the club, but you didn't show me the pathway." I'll go back yeah. to Chelsea. You can't blame him if, if he did that. Could be that, but I I want him to stay for sure. Could be, could be an interesting okay. one for January, couldn't it? In terms of, like you say, say, say the close is twenty, um, maybe not twenty. Say the close is uh, ten starts, and and we go to Chelsea in January and go, I know we've got thirty million agrees. What if we give you twenty two million? Because he's not quite kicked on as much as we thought he would. We'll give you twenty two million now, and we'll deal now. We'll sort the deal now, and we'll give you eight million right now if you do the deal at twenty eight million. Yeah, sorry, 22 million. It could be something like that, couldn't it? And I think the club know that Chelsea are desperate for money. So Chelsea are even considering getting rid of Gallagher. So maybe, because obviously if, if Lewis Hall was starting every single game, Chelsea would turn around and go, no, we'll have the 30 million. But the fact that we're being so cautious with him, could they go, well, do you know what? He's not been brilliant. Um, we still want to sign him, but maybe. And then if Chelsea say no, like you say, Pete, we could just turn around and go, Simon, we'll just make sure the clause is activated before the end of the season. Cheers. Yeah, could do that. Yeah, uh, just just to add in there after the press conference, obviously there was a lot of talk about the whole comment that that obviously that we're talking about. But very quickly, a few of the journals did put out a story to say that Newcastle have said that um, that they want to keep him permanently. But that came out not long after after after. Right. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if they've gone. Oh, have we from the initial? reaction to what Eddie Howe said have they gone have we made a mistake here we said something that doesn't quite look right and they've maybe gone back because the journals get the the video version of the press conference but then Eddie Howe does it just the paper version and that's where the journalists traditionally tend to get a lot of their additional information not in the, like the, the press conference that we see when it pops up on Sky Sports News for example like that's the that's the the actual press conference. But then when the papers go and have their conversation and they do it all written, 
Yeah. That's where a lot of the managers, not just anyhow, but managers in general, divulge a lot of their <coughs> information. So it wouldn't surprise me if some of the paper <coughs> journalists have gone back with that question and then they've had to firm up the answer and say, no, we want to sign permanently <coughs> to try and cover that over. Um, or maybe they've recognised that they've maybe been a little bit too vague and actually they do want to keep him, so they've just kind of made more of a solid stance. Mm. I don't know, but that, that's what kind of came out about an hour or two after the press conference. It did come across very that... negative, I thought. I did yeah. think it came yeah. across negative. Well, that was just a that was just a feeling. Life goals has a sort of these uh, offer is well about one million every year of Hall's life and a further one million on each subsequent birthday while he's with New with uh, Newcastle. So that that's nineteen million up front, and if he stays for sixteen years, that could be thirty five million. Maybe there were no life goals. You're on. Maybe. You're on one this evening. Maybe. Um. Yeah. There was one or two other questions. This one. Um. Uh, in favor of we started to talk about fully known transfer show, the first one I, I mentioned this guy, Benjamin Sissoko. Um, he is one I, I, I love us to, to go back in for or to go for. Um, but yeah, he's he's class. I, I don't know if if he if if we'd have the budget for that, um, maybe in the summer, who knows? Um, yeah, that's, cool. that's more or less it for the questions. There's still, there's still a few, but. I think I think we've we've done plenty of questions now, lads. Uh, at at this stage, uh, there was one for you, Chris. Actually, there was one. Actually, uh, let's let's bring it up again, and that's we'll finish on that one. Uh, as I said, we we do it uh, from Leon, and uh, so myself and Pete gave a kind of a bit of a uh, rundown on how we became Newcastle fans. But over to you. Well, mine won't be as interesting as yours, boys. But yeah, I I became I became a Newcastle fan because my dad's from Newcastle, and all my dad's sides are from Newcastle. So I don't really I don't really think I had the choice to be honest. Um, so I was just I was black and white as soon as I was born. Um, and yeah, brought up in Liverpool because my dad moved from Newcastle to Liverpool when he was I think he was about seventeen, eighteen, and then he met me mum in Liverpool, and she'd moved from Manchester when she was about seven or eight. So I'm a bit of a hybrid. Um, I've got Liverpool, Manc and Newcastle. Uh, but yeah, I support Newcastle because my dad supports Newcastle and he's from Newcastle. Uh, and that's why I support Newcastle. You were right, Chris. Boring. Boring. <laughs> it is boring, isn't it? It is. Because why do you support Newcastle? No, it's Your dad supports Newcastle. Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, good, good, to, good to hear uh, the, the, the background on that. Think we'll bring it to a close, lads. What do you think? We we are back. Um, if I switch over the tab here, we are back on Tuesday, unless something else pa- happens tomorrow. But we are back on Tuesday for the watch along. So I think it's do- currently down on half seven. And my time may change again. We'll keep keep an eye out on Twitter or on YouTube. But hit that uh, notification bell, and you'll see the exact time. But yeah, for a watch along, uh, join us for that. Um, the Carbro Cup. Uh, watch along, uh, Chelsea versus Newcastle, so it should be a good one. And we've got a good track record so far in that one, so uh, hopefully that continues. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good game. Um, that's it. So, I think that thanks everyone for, for giving up their Sunday evening to listen to us talk talk about, about transfers. We will be back, don't worry, in January, we'll be talking nothing about transfers, <laughs> ingoings, outgoings, rumors, potentials, guests flying in from near here, there, everywhere dropping in to say hello and uh, getting the latest. Uh, but there's a lot to happen before then as well. Guess is the case then of how would you like that? 
Good night, everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>